Hey there, Ravens flock. Welcome back to Baltimore Talk, the weekly podcast giving you a recap of every Baltimore Ravens game from now to postseason. I'm your host, Anthony Probst, and I'll be giving you everything you miss, plus my own personal thoughts, opinions, and analysis. Today, I'll be covering the Week 6 contest between the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Giants. Honestly, there's a lot to say about how this game went down. We definitely had things rolling for us in that first half. Things definitely went our way, but once we got that second half... Things started to slow down. Things started to change. And unfortunately, you hate to see that. But before we get into all that, let's just take a look at the injury report this week, starting with wide receiver Rashad Bateman, who's still out with a foot injury and unfortunately did not practice all last week, so he did not play yesterday. And you hate to see a great wide receiver like him be out because his presence is definitely missed. He definitely had some opportunities or would have had some opportunities yesterday had he played. And moving next down on the list, we have guard Ben Cleveland also out with a foot injury and did not play yesterday. Then we have running back Justice Hill with a hamstring injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Friday. He was limited on Thursday, and he was doubtful to play yesterday, which unfortunately he did not. Then we have outside linebacker Justin Houston, still out with that groin injury, still did not play. And then we also have Marcus Peters, who he did play, but he was down for some rest. And then Jason Pierre-Paul, also down for some rest, but was on the bench. Ronnie Stanley, same thing. He practiced on both Thursday and Friday. Unfortunately, didn't practice Wednesday, but he was there yesterday. And then Kevin Zeltner, he also got some rest, and he didn't practice on Friday, but he was sitting the bench and was there yesterday. But let's just get into it, see where this game went and how things took a turn. Starting with the opening coin toss, the Giants did win that, and they chose to defer. And as I've said many, many, many times, you always want to defer because that second half can be a deal breaker for some people, and it definitely was a deal breaker yesterday. So... With that being said, the Baltimore Ravens will start the game off. And with the opening kickoff being a fair catch by Devin Duvernay, as usual, usually always calls for a fair catch. And it's nice to see when he does that because that gives Baltimore a good field position to get started. And on their first opening drive, it starts with a handoff to J.K. Dobbins for six yards, which great play because J.K. Dobbins, he knows how to get upfield. He knows how to get yards. He knows how to make plays. On that next one, though, unfortunately, it was a loss of two yards because we could not get a little further like we needed to, and that was on second and four. Then the next play, this is where things really start to pick up because Lamar darts it to Mark Andrews for the first. And as we always know, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, basically the same thing as Batman and Robin. Absolute two powerhouses, knowing how to get to the field, get to the ball. Lamar knowing always where Mark is, always knowing how to hit his target like he needs to. And these two are just great together. Then, unfortunately, on that next play, we did have a false start penalty. That one, those types of penalties did come back to bite us a lot in this first quarter especially in the first half alone. But keeping it rolling here, on the next play, Lamar, he did take it himself, being the quickness, having that quickness like he always does, and he got a stellar 12 yards on that first play of his own. Then on the next one, 
Again, another false start, and this is within only the first three minutes of the game. That's two false start penalties for Baltimore, and these types of silly mistakes, these types of silly penalties, yes, week one, week two, week three, that happens, but it's now week six, now going into week seven, and these things, they can't really be happening like that because with it becoming almost midseason, Things like this are going to cost you yards and it's going to cost you games at the end of the day. And you don't want to see a game go out and lose because of silly mistakes like this. But it happens. People make mistakes. We're human. And I, I understand that. Believe me. But to keep it rolling, right on to the next one, Isaiah Likely, he gets a beautiful catch from Lamar. And I'm talking beautiful. This one had grace. This one had style. He had his hands up. He was right where he needed to be for Lamar to hit him. And he definitely hit that as he got that first down and then some. I believe he got about an extra five, six yards on that play. And it was great because as many of the coaches said, as Mark Andrews himself has said, Isaiah Likely is coming up. He is the next best thing. He's really stepping up this year. He's really crushing it at this position. And I am very excited to see what he does, not just with the rest of the season, but in future seasons to see where he goes. But keeping it moving, Demarcus Robinson, he slips on the handoff and he only gains one yard, which as that happens, that goes, you just got to be careful the way you step because with the way this certain ground could be, depending on the field and this being at MetLife Stadium, it was wet yesterday. The ground was wet, so I understand why he was able to slip and lose his footing, but that does happen. And just to keep it quick rolling, this one, Lamar had to toss it out of bounds due to pressure because the Giants did collapse on him, did collapse that pocket, as teams have been learning to do, not to give Lamar too much time in the pocket because when you do that, he'll probably take advantage of it by either hitting Mark Andrews or taking it himself for a decent amount of yards. So they did end up collapsing the pocket on him, as smart teams should, but... You never want to see Lamar get collapsed in the pocket because when you collapse a pocket on him, he'll probably make a move anyway. And that's when he's most dangerous is when he makes the moves himself. We've seen him break so many records in so many years. Now this being his fifth year with the team, we've seen him break records because of the types of things he can do. If you look at his game, if you analyze his game, you just got to count the one, the two, the three, the four. If you give him more than four seconds in the pocket without collapsing on him or forcing him out of it he will find his mark he will hit his man no matter who it is whether it's Rashad Bateman Mark Andrews uh Isaiah Likely Kenyon Drake or just taking it himself he knows how to play the game like that in the pocket he is a pocket playing quarterback as we've seen and it constantly shows so this is just another example of what not to do and how to actually get him out of his element. But you never want to see a good quarterback go out of his element because I know I like to see Lamar abuse that power because when he abuses that power, that's how things work out in his favor. But keeping it moving, Baltimore after that on that first drive was forced to punt because they could not convert on downs on that last play. So we will switch it up to the Giants' first series. And on this, though, our defensive man, who has been quiet, but he definitely made a statement on this one, Travis Jones. He gets the sack on the Giants' quarterback, and it was absolutely beautiful. Came around from the outside, and he just took the man down, and it was a beautiful sack. It was a beautiful play.
And then on that next play, though, the Giants quarterback, he throws it, and it is tipped by our own guy. And unfortunately, the Giants do convert because they do get that ball and are able to hold on to it and convert on downs. And then they end up getting a false start flag. Their first penalty being the third of the game, the first two on Baltimore on their own first offensive series, then the Giants getting one on themselves. Then this next play here, absolutely genius because both Nick Chubb and Josh Bynes stuffed the Giants right at the line of scrimmage, not giving them anything. They got their bodies in there. They plugged up the holes. They plugged up the gaps and stopped the Giants from going anywhere on that play. And it was absolutely beautiful. It was absolutely nice to see. Keeping it moving, though, the Giants can't convert, and they had to force the punt. And it was nice to see that Baltimore's defense, they stepped up. They were able to keep them from converting on downs and keep it moving. And you absolutely love to see when defense does that because, like, they always say defense wins championships. And this is one of those times where the defense really stepped up in their terms of play. And then that's what happens. Like, you see them do it. If, and, again, if you just like how we analyze Lamar's game, if you analyze certain defensive players, Marcus Peters, Patrick Queen, Josh Bynes, Nick Chubb, if you analyze how well they watch the quarterback survey the field and watch the way the offense moves, they'll most likely be the ones getting those tackles. They'll most likely be the ones taking care of the play and making sure that it goes in their favor and they can stop those runs and stop that from happening. So keeping it back to Baltimore's next offensive drive, the first play of that one is a handoff to J.K. Dobbins for only a yard. He did get stopped quick, but that happens. Again, defense is where championships are won, and this is where the Giants' defense, they really were giving Baltimore a tough time yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you, but Baltimore's defense was doing the exact same thing to them. So it wasn't just a one-sided game. This was really both teams going back and forth on defensive series of who can stop who better, who can make more plays, who can keep these drives from going any further than what they need to. And they really showed that these two teams really know how to play the defensive schemes well and definitely know how to get it it from going back and forth and get it from converting multiple downs and getting touchdowns like that. This game actually, granted it wasn't a low-scoring game, but... It definitely took a minute for some points to get up on that board. And that's because both defensive teams were doing absolutely amazing. But keeping moving, Kenyon Drake, the man that he is, being a stud yesterday, his name was really out there. Believe me, you cannot go more than one Baltimore offensive series without hearing him do at least two to three great things. On this play here, he gets a handoff, quick one for three. This now being Baltimore's third down drive and then being on third and five Baltimore aka Lamar Jackson the man himself the great quarterback he is he throws a sling pass to Demarcus Robinson for 15 beautiful yards absolutely amazing he just winds back and this is where like I said you give him too much time in the pocket he will hit his man and he had about nine seconds in the pocket on this play and he was able to send that sling pass to Demarcus Robinson for the nice 15 yards for the first down then on the next play here he has a handoff to Dobbins for six again He can hand it off. He can run it. He can throw it. Lamar knows how to make plays. And this is one of those times where they make another play. 
But unfortunately, on the next play, he throws a pass and it is incomplete to Devin DuVernay, which, again, that happens. Incomplete passes happen all the time. But we can't be down and out because on this next play, on third and five, Lamar fakes it. He fakes the handoff to J.K. Dobbins, and he ends up taking it himself for the first down. And this one, again, like I said, you analyze his game. He will fake the handoff, run it himself, get outside, get out of bounds, or he'll head up the middle, and once he gets the first, he'll slide, or he'll do anything because Lamar knows the game. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to play the game well, and this is one of those times where he really knows how to fake it, sell the fake, and then get those yards, which he did. And then on this next play, though, on a clean 12-yard pass to Josh Oliver. And Josh Oliver, you don't hear his name too much. You don't hear him come up like he should because Josh Oliver really is a great player. He's a star-studded player. And this is one of those times where he was actually given some room to breathe and some actual some playing time. So on this one, this is where he gets a great 12-yard pass. And it worked because they were able to convert and get another first down. Even though on that same play, the Giants did challenge it because it looked like when he got that ball, you have to watch a replay on this one. If you go look it up on YouTube or something, if you go watch the replay, you'll see that the way he caught the ball, it looked like he didn't have control of it and looked like it hit the ground before he could fully get control of it. But when you watch the replay and watch it back, you can see that he did have it and the call did stand. They ended up not overturning the call, and the Giants were charged a timeout on that challenge flag because they could not get that call overturned, even though, yes, I will admit, to a regular player like or a regular person watching it, at first glance, at first look, yes, it does look like an incomplete pass. But after watching the review and getting the word from the officials, things did stay the way they were, and the call stood. And that was a good thing because on the next play, It was a deep shot and a deep pass that was broken up because, once again, Lamar had pressure. They collapsed that pocket on him, and he had no choice but to try and get rid of it. And this is one of those times where, unfortunately, he did miss it, where, unfortunately, things did not go his way when he is put under pressure. So they end up breaking up the play and not being able to do anything with it. But on the next play, Baltimore once again gets a false start. This being their third and their only two series, this being their third penalty, all being the same thing. And unfortunately, it happens. But again, like I said, this is week six. This is where mistakes like this aren't going to be okay, where things shouldn't be being made like this. Like like I said, week one, week two, week three, yes, we see it. But it's getting closer towards the middle of the season. It's getting closer towards crunch time, and things like this just shouldn't be happening right right now, or just not at all. But keeping it going on the next play, Demarcus Robinson, he is wrapped up after he gets a handoff from Lamar and does get a loss of two yards, unfortunately. So they do have no choice and lose some yards. Unfortunately, you hate to see when you have to lose yards because of missed assignments or because people are getting in the backfield so fast. That's where those elite blockers come in. That's where those uh, taking making sure that they're pass coverage or their blocking assignments are done correctly and unfortunately this is one of those times where someone slipped past way faster than they should have but again that happens I'm not dumping on the team because I will never throw shade at my favorite team ever I've been Baltimore for a very long time and I will always be Baltimore till the end 
no matter what, no matter who is on this team. So, and again, you hate to see when these things happen, but you understand it happens. And fans getting angry at it, that's what fans do because they know how good their team is. They know how great their team can be. And I will always say that Baltimore can be great, no matter what. It's why I started this podcast, and it's why I will continue this podcast. But... On the next play, Lamar does miss a pass to Drake, and unfortunately, that one missed the mark, and it's just what it is, honestly, like, missed passes happen, but on the next play, on 4th and 16, Justin Tucker, the man, the myth, him legend, unfortunately missed the 57-yard field goal attempt. And we know how great he is under 50 yards. You get him 50 and under, there's not a single miss ever. We know. We've seen his track record. We know how great his leg is and how amazing his streak is. But once you get him outside that 50 yards, you're pushing it a little bit. You might be pushing a little too much. And on 57 yards, granted, last year against Detroit, he made a 66-yard field goal, but that was inside a dome. This one being outside at MetLife Stadium, he unfortunately missed. And I'm not going to say anything bad about it because I understand I know things like that can happen, especially with weather conditions, and sometimes it's one of those days, and it just happened to be one of those days, but that is unfortunately how the quarter ends with the Giants on their second and seven, because on their next drive when they started, they could not do anything on that first play, but get only a couple of yards, so that's where you end the first quarter, and it's still a scoreless game. It's a scoreless game of 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, and granted, do you want to see that? No, never, because you never want to see some points not go up on the board. But that also means that both teams are doing their assignments. Both teams on defense are stopping the run game, stopping the pass game, keeping each other from getting downfield. As, like I said, for now this being the third time, defense wins championships. And with defense winning championships, that also stops points from going up on the board. But overall, my first thoughts on the first quarter, yes, It was a good first quarter. Both teams did their assignments. They made sure things were not done like they should be. Made sure things were able to go smoothly. But unfortunately, this now being a scoreless 0-0 game, where are the points going to start coming in? When are things going to start adding up is the real question. And Baltimore having only no points, and then the Giants also having no points, but Baltimore now having three false start penalties all in two drives, and Giants having one false start penalty. That's three penalties to one on Baltimore, and you never want to see the team have penalties like that because those aren't penalties that should be happening. Maybe an illegal man downfield or an illegal shift or an illegal motion, yes, but false start that's just as simple of knowing the cadence, knowing the snap count, and that's one thing that you never want to see get missed and messed up is that there. But that's just my overall thoughts on the first quarter. It was decent. It was a great defensive quarter for both teams, but offense-wise, not so hot. And unfortunately, Things They didn't carry over into the second quarter, but they did start to get a little more shaky and get a little better, I should say, because once we come back and start the second quarter, the Giants, they could not do anything, and on a 4-2 and situation, they are forced to punt the ball away, giving Baltimore now another shot at an offensive series. And starting that off, 
Devin DuVernay gets a handoff and he gets the first. Him not doing too hot, or I shouldn't say not doing too hot, not doing too much on the first quarter because it was all Isaiah Likely, Mark Andrews, Kenyon Drake, those guys. But Devin DuVernay had been quiet for a hot minute yesterday in the first quarter. But keeping it rolling, though, he did get that first down. He was able to get his hands on the ball and he was able to get that first down on his first drive of the second quarter. And then on the next one, J.K. Dobbins, he gets a gain of four. And this one, this one here was on the next play was absolutely stellar because Lamar fakes the handoff to J.K. Dobbins, hits Mark Andrews for a beautiful 17-yard catch. And this one, it was absolutely amazing. He fakes it. He, again, sold the fake, drew back, and then hit Mark right in the chops like he does, like he should. And it was absolutely amazing to see him do this because it definitely got them some yards and definitely got them where they needed to be. But unfortunately, on that next play, Lamar Jackson, he did overthrow Mark just a little bit, and it did result in an incomplete pass. But on the next one, though, J.K. Dobbins, he does get the handoff for a gain of two and a half yards. And two and a half yards is two and a half yards. Positive yardage is better than negative yardage. You always want to see them move forward and never back. So this one only being a short two and a half yards, it is what it is. But that's still positive yardage. That's still what you need to see because that's how you get closer and closer to a touchdown. And speaking of touchdowns, Baltimore is the first to put up points because Kenyon Drake, the stud, this man, absolutely amazing. He gets a beautiful handoff from Lamar Jackson, and he just hauls downfield for a 30-yard touchdown. Like, he just sold it. He was able to get out of trouble, get out of traffic, and just saw nothing but green grass and took himself all the way to pay dirt and was able to get himself that beautiful touchdown. And Justin Tucker, he did get that beautiful field goal, made up for missing the 57-yarder, and this now being a 7-0 game with Baltimore taking the lead and being on top as they do and as they should be. The next one, though, on the kick return for the Giants, they get a 47-yard return. And it definitely put them in good field position, but... With them running a few plays on their first series of this one here on this new drive, they on third and four get a late flag, and this is offensive pass interference, which did send them back a decent amount, which you... Offensive pass interference. You see it. You definitely hate to see it because that's how you know that offense, it, it happens. Like, that happens, but you never want to see them get offensive pass interference. Pass interference, yeah, that comes up, especially with defensive players. But offensive pass interference, that's when you push off and you never want to push off because you're the one being watched because most referees know who the ball is going to. They know who's favorited. So with all eyes being on those players, you see them paying attention, and this just happens to be one of those times where they get caught for a late flag. But somehow on the next play, they Giants, they do get the first down. But there was, again, another flag on the play for the Giants, this being an illegal formation, which does send them back. And they end up getting a third and 12 situation and are able to convert for the first down on this play. But this this is where, again, one of those silly mistakes come in because there was a flag on this play. This being three flags in a row, this was an 
12 men on the field situation for Baltimore. And that that's just that I, you never want to see. That one's just I don't understand how that always comes up with being 12 men on the field. Like, how do you not see that you have enough guys and you're that extra man when you know you shouldn't be like that one? I understand why people would get mad and upset at that fact, but somehow that happens and you can't throw shade. You can't get mad. Some people in the heat of the moment and the excitement of the game can't get off the field in time before the cadence is sounded. So again, that happens, but it is what it is because on the next play, Jones, our man, Travis Jones, once again, stuffs the line on defense. He's able to get himself in there, big body himself, and he's able to make sure he stops that run game from going anywhere. And that one was absolutely amazing. He was a real fan yesterday. He was a real fan favorite because he was really able to take care of things on defense. But keeping going, Marcus Peters, he was able to deflect this ball from the Giants in getting it, and it was absolutely amazing. He got his hands up, he did what he did, and he made sure that he stopped that ball from going anywhere. And it was absolutely great because, again, Marcus Peters, with him being questionable and not being sure of what he's going to do, he was able to get things done, and it was absolutely great. But on that next play, the Giants do get a touchdown, tying it up, making it a 7-7 game now in the middle of the second quarter. So, pushing it again to the Baltimore... um, (laughs) Sorry for that long pause. My brain kind of froze. For the Baltimore drive, it starts out with Lamar, unfortunately, hitting an incomplete to Devin DuVernay once again. And we hate to see that because you know that they can handle things and get things done like they should, but incomplete passes happen. You always just got to make for make up for it on the next one. But again, with the false start penalties on the next play, it just happens. But again, this now being four false start penalties for Baltimore in the first half alone. I don't understand if it was the whole game, but this is just the first half. And you never want to see false starts. It's the cadence that you've got to learn, the cadence that you've got to know. And somehow so people got too excited, were ready to play. And this one here, unfortunately, forced another false start. But on the next play, like I said, dynamic duo, Batman and Robin, Lamar and Mark. Lamar is able to hit Mark with a straight bullet and I mean a straight bullet it was like a laser beam from Lamar's hands to Mark's hands and he was able to get the first down on that play and it was absolutely beautiful to see because like it's just absolutely crazy that he was able to do things like this Lamar just he knows where to hit Mark he knows how to find his man and he was able to hit his man and he got him and it, it just it just helped out so well because on the next play, Kenyon Drake, once again, he gets the handoff and he put the burners on. I don't know if someone lit a fire underneath him because it definitely looked like they did because he was moving and he got a beautiful 30-yard run before he was taken down. It was absolutely amazing to see. Lamar then keeping the play alive and the drive alive. He ends up dumping over the top to Mark Andrews for another 18-yard gain. And this was absolutely beautiful because, again, 
he just threw it right over the top and knew right where Mark would be, and he was able to get it. But unfortunately, on this play, Morgan Moses, he was injured, and uh, we did not know what his status would be, and we did not, fortunately, uh, did not see him come back to the game yesterday. So hopefully he will be okay. This all being at the two-minute warning before half, and it was reported for him that it was a heel injury, so he was questionable return. I did not personally see him come back. I'm not sure if he did come back. He, I know he was questionable, and I don't 100% believe he came back during the game. I could be wrong on that. Someone please check my math. But for now, hopefully he is resting up, and hopefully he is getting better, and we hopefully will see him next week. But... Josh Oliver on the next play, he gets a beautiful pass. Granted, it wasn't a lot, though. He ended up diving for this pass. He threw his whole body out there for a couple yards, and this was four yards. And it looked like a complete pass, but again, challenge flag is thrown by the Giants. And they say, nope, that was incomplete. And they looked at it, they reviewed it, and somehow the call was overturned and they ruled it incomplete, which I don't understand how because if you, again, watch the replay, you watch how he had his hands out. He had his hands underneath the ball before it could touch the ground. It looked like the center of the ball in between his hands did hit the ground, but he had his hands and had that ball with him the entire way down so I personally don't see it as incomplete but again what do I know I'm just a guy making a podcast giving you a recap but that's just my personal opinion as I always like to throw out there but to each his own but just keeping it moving on these plays Lamar then throws two incompletes to both Devin DuVernay and Mark Andrews This forcing the field goal unit to come up with Justin Tucker then having to put one up through the uprights, making it now a 10-7 game, making it only a three-score game for the Baltimore Ravens happening here, and Baltimore now taking the lead back once again, which is nice because with Baltimore having the lead going into half, you know how things can go. We see how Baltimore can be a second-half team like in... Last week or in week three, we know how they can be a second-half team if they get the chance. But we've also seen in week two, in week four, and we, we know how things can go. It's definitely not the way things should be, but those things happen. But keeping it moving, keeping it rolling here, we do see on the next play that, again, Uh, The Giants quarterback, Jones, he takes a QB keeper for two yards. And that was able to get them some yards. Like, two yards is two yards. Again, like I said, positive yardage is better than negative yardage. You never want to see negative yardage happen. And this was one of those times where negative yardage definitely was not a factor. This one here, it really helped out the Giants because keeping it moving on the next play... Baltimore, they ended up taking their first timeout of the half, only being a 30-second timeout. That was for them to regroup, hopefully get things under control, figure some things out. Marcus Peters, once they came back, he was able to break up the play and be a stud and put the Giants at four and five. And again, you know how we all know how Marcus Peters is when he gets his hands up, when he gets to the ball and he gets things done and taken care of. And this is one of those times where he got things done and taken care of. 
but as I said, I don't even know how to sing his praises. Like it, it, my bra- my brain keeps going blank because every time I try and think of new ways to describe a great player like Marcus Peters or Lamar Jackson or Mark Andrews, my mind just goes blank because you can't think of any other way to describe these guys of how great they are. It's just absolutely amazing to see, and he definitely did his thing. But keeping it going, the Giants do have to punt the ball away, which. I understand you don't want to go for it on four and five. A lot of players, a lot of teams, they will go for it. But this is one of those times where with it being the two-minute warning and only being up by three, you don't know how things are going to go. You don't know how things are going to turn out by the end of the game or by the end of half. So this is one of those times where you just punt the ball away, be safe. But once you get back on the Baltimore Ravens side and you get back on their series, a first penalty flag on the first play is thrown on because it is a holding call on Tylen Wallace. But even though that happened, it, it being the penalty flag thrown, it happens. We see holding calls happen all the time. But Ravens did start week six with the best field position in the league, honestly. When you see the Ravens, start their field position they always start with the best field position and they were leading the league last week in the best field position so it was nice to see that being one of those things that they mentioned and one of those things that they say because that's one of those small things you don't see one of those small things you don't notice and this just happened to be one of those times where we see it where we notice it but Lamar unfortunately on this next play he is sacked at the five yard line and You never want to see your quarterback get sacked. You never want to see him go down. These things happen all the time, but it always sucks when it does happen. And when it happened, it happened. And that just means that there was a blocking assignment missed somewhere. And that's one of those things that you never want to see, miss blocking assignments. You never want to see those things go down. And when they do go down, they do go down. But it's just one of those things that you don't want to see happen. But... Lamar ended up getting up on the next play, and he made up for it by getting a toss underneath to Demarcus Robinson, and he was able to get some yardage on that one. But on the next play after that, the Giants do take a timeout. With only 20 seconds left in the game, they took their first timeout. And again, even well, technically their second timeout, I should say, because when they did call for that, that call was not overturned when they threw the challenge flag and did get charged a timeout, technically. But I'm counting this is their first legitimate timeout, not because of a messed up challenge flag. But keeping it rolling, once they came back, Kenyon Drake goes for it on third and seven and is stopped short of a yard. So unfortunately, on the next play on fourth and one, the Ravens are forced punted away. And then a flag was thrown on the Ravens, this one being for unnecessary roughness, being a personal foul. And you never want to see that. That's definitely something you don't want to see is when a personal foul flag is thrown. I understand unnecessary roughness happens, but to some degree, you can see things be considered unnecessary roughness and things be not considered unnecessary roughness. But this one here, it was an extra shove. It was an extra little bit of hands, so we can account for that one there. And Baltimore, they then decide to take their second timeout, this being their second of the half. And again, being a 30-second timeout with less than a minute left in the game, it's that decision of what are we going to do to stop them from getting ahead of us before the end of half? What are we going to do to keep them from getting these yards and getting great field position? Because as we said, as we remember, once going into the start of the second half, 
the Giants will have the ball because they won the coin toss and chose to defer. They didn't receive when the game started. So they will, no matter what happens, they if they got were to get a touchdown here, they'd still get the chance at it again because they would start the second half with the ball. So Baltimore's mindset had to think and had to be, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to make these things stop the make these things work and stop these things from happening like what is the correlation what are we going to do and I believe that's what the conversation was so after that Patrick Queen on the very last play he ends up forcing the fumble and Chuck Clark recovers it and again that Chuck Clark he's another great defensive player another great person to have on your defensive team so it's absolutely amazing but that is how they end the first half, still being a 10-7 game. And Giants went in it in the third quarter starting it because they chose to defer. But my overall thoughts and my overall analysis of just the first half, a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of penalties, a lot of messed up things that shouldn't have happened. We've seen Baltimore get four offsides penalties. We saw them get a personal foul. We saw so many things that shouldn't have happened. Because, again, these mistakes are silly mistakes and silly things that shouldn't be happening. Silly things that shouldn't be a factor into their game. And, unfortunately, it was a factor in their game. It was how what defined their game. Honestly, I believe their game yesterday was defined on the amount of penalties they had and the amount of mistakes they made. Because you never want to see that happen. Yes, they had some great plays, like that cat, that throw to Mark Andrews for 17 yards or Kenyon Drake's 30-yard touchdown. Like, you, those are the things you want to see. Those are the things that you want to see get done. But unfortunately, what ended up costing them the whole game was these mistakes. It was those offsides calls. It was those personal fouls for unnecessary roughness. That is how I personally believe that things went. But like I said, overall, for the first half, it was a great first half. Honestly, it was. Both defensive teams, they really were working it. They really were putting things into perspective. Both defensive teams were definitely putting their foot down and trying to stop their run game and trying to stop the pass game between both teams. Baltimore, Patrick Queen, Chuck Clark, Travis Jones definitely were stars yesterday. They were really stopping the run game, really stopping the pass game. Marcus Peters, too, getting his hands up, deflecting the ball, making sure things didn't go anywhere. But then on the same side uh, with the Giants, collapsing the pocket around Mark Andrews, or not Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, keeping the pressure on the running backs and stopping them at the line and not letting them get more than three yards at the, or even four at the max. It's those types of things that defense on both teams really had the best things going for them yesterday. The offensive series for both teams, yes, they were good. Yes, things did go well, but it was really the defense that ended up winning the day out of both teams. They ended up making sure things went their way more than anything. But overall, at the end of the day, the game... The the first half, I should say, it was something else. It was something different. It definitely was a interesting way to have things done and taken care of. But that that's just how the first half went of those silly mistakes, those mental mistakes, and then the defenses being on their toes, being on their heels, and making sure that things ended up being the way they should be. So, 
with all that being said, let's move on to the third quarter, see how things were affected because as my friend told me multiple times, Baltimore may not be a second half team like they should be. But again, sometimes I agree, sometimes I disagree. This happened to be one of those times where again, had to agree because Baltimore in the second half, I don't know what the conversation in the locker room was, but they did not show out like they do and like they should. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let's get back into it. Let's get this third quarter underway with the Giants getting the ball. And starting off their first offense series, they end up getting a first they end up getting the first, but it came with a caveat. It came with a penalty flag and it being an offensive pass interference and getting it called back. So on their drive, they're on a third and long situation, and Pepe Williams, he ends up breaking up the play and ends up forcing them to have to punt because he, again, like everybody else, Marcus Peters, Calais Campbell, Chuck Clark, everybody that you see on defense, he was able to make a stop and able to do something big, and he was able to break up the play. And this is what, again, like I said multiple times, defense wins championships. And with defense winning championships, this is how he's able to stop this play and able to force the punt for the ball. But on that punt, the Giants ended up throwing a flag because they had a holding call. And Baltimore, instead of ignoring it, they had decided to enforce that penalty and were able to get some better field position because of that play, which it was nice. And like we said, Baltimore going into this game in a week six had the best field position out of any team in the entire league. And it was absolutely great. But keeping it rolling, keeping it moving on their first series, Kenyon Drake, he gets a great gain of 21 yards. He was able to get a beautiful handoff from Lamar Jackson. He was able to take it upfield, get some great positive yardage. And it was great to see because he was really doing his thing yesterday. Kenyon Drake honestly had to be the star yesterday for Baltimore's offense, I will say. Maybe not as much as a star as Mark Andrews, but he definitely was had his name up in the ranks and was definitely being thrown around a lot better. And on speaking of Mark Andrews, he gets a great pass from Lamar, and he is able to get that first down like he does as he does the things that he does. Because Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, dynamic duo, Batman and Robin type things, that is just what they do, and he was able to get the first down. Lamar, though, he was a, cannot punch it in, and he, even though he tried it, he definitely was close. He could not, unfortunately, punch that one down in the end zone for the total points, so we sent out the field goal unit and send out Justin Tucker, who ended up getting that nice field goal again, keeping his under 50-yard streak alive, and now pushing it to a full one-score game of 13-7. to Baltimore still being in front, still taking the lead. Now, this being back on the Giants offensive series, they're in their Giants, they're in no man's land, and we all know what no man's land plays look like. This is just one of those things where you don't know how things are going to go, but with them being in no man's land, they go for it after a few plays, they couldn't go on, couldn't get it, so they go on fourth and one, and uh, they have a lucky break because. 
Owe, he gets a flag thrown on him on the Giants' fourth one, and it's an unsportsmanlike conduct flag, and this gets him ejected from the game. And this is one of those things where you never want to see unsportsmanlike conduct. Believe me, that was one of those things, even back when I played in high school, that was one of the things they hammered down was always be sportsmanlike, no matter what the call, no matter what anything happens. And this is one of those times where you unfortunately see unsportsmanlike conduct, and that is never okay. You never want to intentionally do something or taunt or anything because that's a bad rap. It's not just a bad rap on you. It's a bad rap on your entire team. And with him doing this, this ended up getting him injected from the entire game for the rest of the day. And he is one of our bigwigs on defense. He definitely is one of those people that are able to make stops and make plays. But unfortunately, he could not do it here because of unsportsmanlike conduct. And that's, again, I just I can't say I back him or side with him on this one because I don't side unsportsmanlike conduct. No matter what the call, no matter what it is, no matter how bogus it is, if the refs are being mean and being jerks and they're playing unfair or the other team's taking cheap shots, whatever, you always want to keep a sportsmanlike no matter what because it's just a game at the end of the day. Yes, this is more than a game to them, but it's still, that is the first thing you were always taught in sports is keep it sportsmanlike. But again, I'm just a guy talking on a podcast. And I will, again, never throw shade, just my opinions. But let's just keep it rolling, keep it going with this recap here. So after that, the Giants do convert and get the first down on their second and one here. But... Chuck Clark, he almost gets a sack, but the Giants quarterback Jones is able to dump it away for that one there. And again, Chuck Clark, he's one of those big wigs, one of those big bodies on defense. And he he was really having a day yesterday too. As you really, we're starting to hear more and more of players that haven't been heard from and talked about lately. But Chuck Clark, he is one of those ones that was able to do things good yesterday. He, this is his second big play of the day. And he was definitely a good man yesterday. And even next, on the next play, he Jones, the Giants quarterback, he's sacked by Calais Campbell. And again, Calais Campbell, one of those bigwigs, one of those guys that knows how to play the defensive schemes, knows how to watch the quarterback and make sure things are done and done right. And again, he is one of those big bodies, and he was able to get big body and able to take things over and was able to do it right yesterday. After that, though, the Giants end up going for the field goal. Being close enough, they are able to get it in and now is back to a one field goal, three-point score game uh, now being 13-10. Baltimore still leading, still being out in front, and we know how those things go. We know how things can change so quickly, so fast, but it's okay because Baltimore is still in front as they should be, being the great team that they are. We know how Baltimore is. They're absolutely amazing. But putting them back on the offensive side, Lamar Jackson, he fakes a jet sweep on second and 10, and he takes it himself on to midfield on a 25-yard rip. This one was absolutely beautiful because he's able to take what he knows, do what he does best, and he is able to get himself out and get himself to midfield with 25-plus yards, and it was absolutely great.
And now nearing the end of the third quarter, the very last play is a handoff to Kenyon Drake. And it's absolutely amazing. He was able to get that first down conversion again because, like I said, as I've been trying to say, Kenyon Drake really was a star yesterday. He really was making sure things were going well for Baltimore's offense. And this, again, was one of those times where he really had it going for him. But with this ending the third quarter, what are the high stakes? The stakes are higher than ever because, like we've said, Baltimore, they can lead by X amount of points the first three quarters or by half. And then once the fourth quarter hits, they'll take their foot off the pedal and things somehow fall apart. And this, again, is one of those times where it's fourth quarter. Yes, we're in front, but we can't let off the gas. We can't. Just take things slower and easier. I don't know if people were getting tired or if things weren't getting done right, but they somehow took their foot off the gas. And once fourth quarter hit, it came back to bite them like it has in weeks past already this year. But before we get fully, fully into that, it's still 13-10. Baltimore's still up and now going to the final quarter of the game. Isaiah Likely, again, just like Kenyon Drake, those two yesterday had to be the MVPs. They were really holding it down, really making sure things were getting done and making sure things were being said. And the Baltimore offense was being heard because they really had it going for them. They really had it hammered down. And he ended up getting a great catch and a beautiful first down with 11 yards. Like, this is one of those times where Lamar, again, hits his man, hits his target, and he got himself there. He got himself moving. So he was able to get the first down. Then again, Ken Drake, he gets another first down, and he's inside the 15 yards now. He's almost to the red. They're almost in the red zone. And then, again, on the very next play, he takes it again and gets a gain of two yards. He's moving it. Kenyon Drake, absolutely a stud. And he was really moving the chains yesterday. He was really putting up numbers yesterday. And it was absolutely great and absolutely beautiful to see because he's, again, one of those players that you don't hear from a lot yet. You don't see things yet. And he was really doing it yesterday. But keeping it moving, keeping it rolling on, even though Kenyon Drake was a star-studded man yesterday, we got to talk about this next play because Mark Andrews gets a beautiful touchdown in the corner from Lamar, a beautiful pass, as again, for the, I don't know how many times I've said it already, dynamic duo that they are, just back and forth, these two here, from Lamar to Mark and just knowing how to get things done. Lamar hit Mark right in the back corner of the end zone, and he was able to haul it in and get this beautiful touchdown. And and again, you expect great things from these two because that's what they do. They produce results. They give great work and get great things done. And this, again, was one of those times where they got something great done, and they were able to get the touchdown. Again, Justin Tucker sends it up. Beautiful. And now it's a 10-point game. It's Baltimore in front by 10 points. And again, we've seen this. Baltimore always leads by 10 and somehow something changes, something flips. And again, you never want to see it. You never want to see it happen. But again, unfortunately, like week two and week four against Buffalo, it's just how things have gone. And now this, again, was one of those weeks where they were up by 10 and... Things fell apart, but I'm still getting ahead of myself 
as I shouldn't be because this is a recap. Let me walk you through it. And now we're back on the Giants' side. They're on first and one. They are. They were uh, second and nine, I should say. Not first and one. That's a weird. That's a weird answer. They only got a a yard on their first play, would put them in second and nine, and then they get themselves to the red zone on this play because they're able to march down the field and move down the field. And now they put themselves in the red zone and they get a handoff and get three yards. And this was six minutes, 28 seconds left on the clock. They were able to end up faking a pass and getting the touchdown. And it, and this is where they're now, once again, we're back in a three point game. It's now 2017. And as we see Baltimore, Still up, but we're pushing it. We're stretching the envelope. And as as the analysis goes, as you break down the game and you see where mistakes are made and where things happen and where things change, you never want to see it happen. But again, things do happen. And now with this, back on the offensive side for Baltimore. The first play, Lamar, he hits Josh Oliver for a gain of nine. And again, Josh Oliver, he was able to do some good things yesterday. He was able to get a great uh, catch earlier in the day. And again, he gets another great nine-yard gain here on this play. But keeping it going, keeping it moving, Kenyon Drake, he gets the, he gets the ball in his hands again. He is able to convert and get the first down. He is able to get those yards and get those things done. So it was great to see. it. And again, like I said, Kenyon Drake, he was the man yesterday. He was really having things done. He was really getting those, getting the money, honestly. He was getting those yards and getting to the money like he should. Getting first down conversions, getting the touchdown, getting things done. And it's just absolutely amazing, absolutely great to see that he is getting the love and the recognition from Lamar like he should because it's absolutely great to see. But Jackson on... uh. Four minutes, 20 seconds left in the game. He ends up deciding to take it himself, and he gets a nice gain of six yards. He was able to get out of the pocket and get outside and get six yards, which was absolutely amazing. Then, Tylen Wallace, he is able to get the ball. He was hit by Lamar, and he was able to get that ball for a short gain of the fir- and get the first. And yeah, it was only four yards, but he was able to hit the first down marker, which is what you want to see. And then Lamar Jackson, again, on the next play, he ends up taking himself. He gets the first down, but a flag is thrown because of an illegal formation on Ronnie Stanley. And Ronnie Stanley yesterday, he might not have played as much, but he definitely played a decent amount because our other guard did get hurt. So both Patrick McCarry and him both had to be in at the same time. And usually they've been switching them out, usually flip-flopping them, but... They both had to be in at the same time, so that put extra pressure on him, and he ended up being in a legal formation, which unfortunately happens. And then on this next play, honestly, it's only three minutes left in the game. This is where things really flipped for Baltimore, and you could see it too. So I'm going to break this down. I'm going to walk you through this. Lamar, he ends up getting trying to get the snap off, ends up losing the ball because it goes overhead. Then he ends up scooping it up, 
And he should have tried to throw it out of bounds, but unfortunately he tried to throw it, get it to his man like he needed to. And when he did throw it, they do and the Giants, they do end up intercepting it. And you hate to see interceptions because this is one of those plays where it could have been avoided, where things could have been different. But unfortunately, they were not different. And they end up getting the interception. And they end up running it deep for yards. They end up, I believe, running it for at least 30 yards with only 2 minutes, 50 seconds left in the game. And Lamar, you could see it in his eyes. He was not happy. He knew he messed up on that play. And we all could see it. Like, it, we, everybody was not happy. You could see that, it, honestly, it was a bad decision. Yes, scooping it up was a good decision to keep it from be, getting in the Giants' hands and putting them in almost close to the red zone and putting them at 20, only 20 yards and getting closer to the end zone. But this was even an even worse decision. When Lamar picked it up, he should have just tossed it out of bounds or should have ran it himself. But unfortunately, he made the decision to run it or attempt to pass it instead of run it, and that led to an interception. And again, in his eyes, he messed up. And you could see it, and he was not happy. And I, I, I sympathize for him because I personally, if it was me, I would not be happy either knowing that I could have avoided that mistake. But unfortunately, the Giants do intercept it and they end up getting back on offense with great field position being at the 20-yard line. Their first play, they end up throwing an incomplete pass. Marlon Humphrey was on the save and he was very quiet yesterday on defense. And the announcers even talked about it, that he had not done much yesterday because he just, I don't know why he wasn't making plays like he does. But again, Marlon Humphrey is always a great player to have. Always a man, always a stud. And it's absolutely crazy that he was not making plays like he usually does. But that happens. Some players have off days. Some players do better than others in certain times. And this just happened to be one of those times where I don't know if he was in a slump or if he was just not able to make down, uh, not downs, like stop downs, stop things. But it is what it is. But keeping it going, the Giants get third and third down at the two-minute warning. And... They're very close. They're in the red zone and very close to a touchdown. But on the next play, Marcus Peters, he hits a beautiful pick in the end zone. But And this is what killed me here. He had a beautiful pick in the end zone. And as much as you didn't want to see it happen, you saw it. Everyone saw it. The call did have to be overturned because of pass interference on him. He ended up having his arms around it the Giants player before he let him go and was able to get that pick. So I understand why that call was there, but it it just it really would have helped out Baltimore in the long run. It really would have helped them out in the end of the day. But this ended up putting the Giants on the one yard line in the red zone and they just dove over the top and got the touchdown. This now being with the Giants up 24-20 and the Ravens only having a minute 24 left to work with, which yes, that's a lot of time in football. That is a, how a lot of things happen. A minute 24 can be the difference between a victory and a loss. We all saw it in uh I believe it was, let me think back, week two, when Devin DuVernay had that 97-yard kick return, and that was within the first minute of the game. That was, not even, that was actually within the first 30 seconds of the game even starting. So we know things can happen in seconds in a football game. And with Baltimore only having a minute 24, things uh, could have went their way. They could have had it happen. But 
uh, it, it, unfortunately, it didn't go their way because Lamar, he ends up losing the ball and on their next play, and the Giants were all over that. They were able to get back there because, again, another high snap, and Lamar, he couldn't get a hand on it, and the Giants end up recovering that ball. And in Baltimore took their time out. They ended up trying to think of a way to recover it and make sure things could hopefully flip on defense, make sure things or see if things could go even better. But they're on the Giants. They're on third and goal. They kneel it and the game 24-20. Baltimore now going three and three instead of four and two. The Giants now being five and one. And this was a. This was, I wouldn't say it's a heartbreaking game, but it was definitely, again, another one of those learning curve games. It definitely was another one of those, we see what we need to do, see what could have been done. And this was one of those times where things were not handled correctly, where things were not done like they should have been because of poor mistakes, of missed assignments, messed up cadences, and not knowing the snap count, just once again, it was those fundamentals that Baltimore was not having a good day with. Again, like I said, by the end of the first half, both teams, defensive-wise, great day, beautiful day for both defensive teams. Baltimore was having a good day on defense. Giants were having a good day on defense. We don't want to say that it was a bad day because it's never a bad day when it comes to Baltimore. Actually, that's a lie. It can be a bad day. But just uh, and to finish up my thought, it just I, I almost lost my train of thought. But just to put it mildly, to put it simply, they ended up having a not so good day on offense. Like with those messed up snaps at the end of the game, with the messed up cadences at the beginning and getting those things done. It just wasn't the best having game. It wasn't the way things went. But John Harbaugh did say in an interview, and I'll actually uh, see if this will work out pretty well, see if I could play it for you. Hopefully I don't get in trouble taken down or anything. But he did have this to say. We control our own destiny 100%, and we're a really good football team. Maybe it doesn't look that way. Maybe people want to say otherwise. I like that because it gets our guys' attention. It gets all of our attention. But we're capable of, and uh, and we plan on becoming a great football team, and that's our job. That's up to us to get that done. So, and I couldn't agree with him more. Honestly, like what he said, they have the potential to be a great football team. They are a great football team. They control what happens in the game. They control how things go, and it's absolutely amazing how well Baltimore knows that they can be a great football team because. I could, we've seen it. We know how they are. We know what they're able to get done and how things are able to be done. So when Baltimore puts their mind to it and puts themselves into the right game set, it just knows how to go. It knows how to play. And I I absolutely can't see them being any better than what they are. And we all know how well they can be. But just to to end my whole recap in this entire podcast for the evening, Baltimore will be back at home this Sunday, week seven against the Cleveland Browns at one o'clock at M&T Bank Stadium. Hopefully we'll see you there. And I have been Anthony Probes here on Baltimore Talk. Thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate it. And I will see you again next week. Goodbye.